the first step. So there's a few different things that you want to do with your marketing. So for me, it's great if I'm bringing in leads and they're converting over to files and that's making money. That's one thing. But the other thing that you want to be aware of is just your brand awareness. So there's certain things that I do, you know, running cinema ads, running TV ads. Um, just. Welcome back to The Mashup. I hope you're having a good week. Um, far out, can you believe we're halfway through June and the financial year in Australia here is about to wrap up in two weeks. Man, it feels like we were just talking about the start of the financial year. I can't believe how fast the time goes. Um, so that's a, that's a signal for all of you guys out there that if you haven't got things moving, if you're still sort of sitting there thinking, oh, shit, I didn't even start last year's marketing plan, now is the time. The time flies past. And if you don't do it now, then you're going to be in exactly this position in 12 months' time and you still won't have taken any action. So there you go. If you haven't got your marketing plan in order, get it in order and get started. Now, today, I'm really chuffed because we've got a guest on the podcast today, and I've been chatting with Jessica for a while about coming on, and we had a bit of a, a tech false start the first time around where my recording software didn't work properly, but we're good to go now. And so I'm really, really thrilled that we've got Jessica Gray from Smart Coast Conveyancing on the podcast today, and Jess has managed to build an exceptional local business in a relatively short amount of time. So I'm really keen to dive in to some of that and to find out what she's done and how she's done it and what you guys can learn from that. So Jess, welcome to the Marketing Mashup. Hi, Simon. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's been a while coming. Hey, I'm, I'm stoked that we managed to finally get this together. Um, like I said, we want to have a bit of a chat to you about your business and about your marketing and and pick your your marketing brain. You you and I have spoken about these kind of things a few times, and and you're you're really kind of switched on um, for a local business owner. So I'm excited to hear some things from you. But before we do that, just tell us a little bit about you and your story, and how you kind of got to this point in your business. Yeah, it's a bit of a, uh, I, I guess when we first started uh, Smart Coast Conveyancing, it was an extremely daunting process. So I'd never dreamed of working for myself or, or creating a business. I was thrown into it. Um, a company I was working for had decided to on-sell and they closed down that, that office. And I was left in a position where I had to either move out of town or start something for myself. And I, with, with, I guess, some sort of lucky fall, I managed to start Smart Coast Conveyancing, but also I had a, my business partner, Kelly, who came on board, and then we just jumped into it with absolutely no experience and no idea what we were doing. Uh, so and here we are. It, it has been about six months, uh, sorry, six years since we started Smart Coast now. So um, it, it was a very, very daunting process. You know what? I reckon... It, it sometimes if we knew what we were getting ourselves in for, we might not even start businesses. I think sometimes it's really good to go in without that kind of baggage, without those kind of preconceived ideas, um, you know, and, and maybe even without the knowledge of how hard it's going to be. Otherwise, it might be just easier to say, you know what, I'm just going to get a job. 
Whilst it seems like a long time ago now, if I'm completely honest, there were a lot of tears because I was scared out of my mind. Um, I had no idea where my income was going to come from. Um, I knew that I could do the job itself, but I didn't know if I could run the business. And these things like marketing were just so unknown to me. I'd never thought about how I got the clients in. I always just did the work for somebody else. Uh, so that was the learning curve to start with. Yeah. Was was there ever a point, you know, in the early days um, where you kind of went, hang on, this is this is too hard. I'm, what have I done? Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I think I was lucky that it drove me because I had no choice. I, I was in a situation um, where I had to sink or swim, whereas I know some people who make that conscious decision to go into it um, may be a little bit more apprehensive and feel like they have a choice to pull out of it. It was very difficult um, in the beginning because I didn't know what I was doing, but um, I, I just had to survive and learn as I went along. Um, I still every day wake up and think, is today the day that I'm going to go broke? And, you know, will the clients come and well? I think that never really leaves you as a business owner. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people listening to to this who kind of go, oh, God, oh, thank goodness I'm not the only one who feels like that. Because I think we all have that. Like at some point, you kind of, hopefully, you start to think, okay, I'm, I'm all right now. But then... Like, is, is that the day that it goes pear-shaped when you start to sit on your hands or rest on your laurels and you think, oh, everything's okay now? Like, is that what prompts things to turn pear-shaped? I think having that little bit of fear, it drives us and it motivates us and it makes sure we show up every day and do the best that we can. Absolutely. I had uh, a fellow business person say to me at one point, and I never really understood this at the time, that marketing was so important and when you're doing well your marketing doesn't stop and when you're doing bad your marketing doesn't stop and the ups and downs and and I never really understood that until I was in business and I realized how important it was and the more money you had the more money you should invest in in marketing and those sorts of things because that's where you can actually continue your growth so there's so many roles that marketing plays um, to in either grow your business to start with but then to continue that growth and maintain it as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as business owners, that really needs to be our number one focus, doesn't it? Like at the start when when it's just you sometimes, you're bootstrapping it, you've got to do your delivery as well. You obviously just can't go out and find new customers and not service them. But you're right. The minute you take your foot off the pedal, and here's the thing, and we see it, is you take your foot off the pedal or you stop your marketing or you pull your ads and then the next day and the next day and the next week, Nothing really changes and you think, oh, this is not so bad. And it's not until, you know, maybe three months down the track and things start to slow down and then you think, shit, what am I going to do? I've got to start my marketing again. But that delay works both ways. So when you start your marketing again, it takes you three months to get that momentum back. So, you know, there can be that false sense of security when you first turn your marketing off. You think, oh, that's okay because you have got that momentum and you have got that pipeline and business is okay for a bit. But when it stops, it takes a while to really get it cranked back up. So hearing you say that, like when, you mar when your business is good, keep going. That's really important, I think. Oh, absolutely. And being a conveyance in firm, we genuinely see a six to eight turnaround, a week turnaround on our files. So um, when you think I've got a whole amount of settlements on the list and, you know, this is a really great amount, you lose focus of the fact that those 
six to eight weeks continue on. So mm. it, it might be okay today, but if we don't continue to drive that business, the following two months don't look as pretty as the previous. And it's just creating that consistency. And, and also the more that you're trying to put your marketing out there, the brand awareness that you're actually not sure if it's working or not, that takes a long period of time. And, and it took a lot for me to understand that and the difference between direct advertising and that brand awareness, which is a constant thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. Um, and a nice segue into, into some of the, the questions that I wanted to ask you. So now, six years down the track, and you have built a really successful business. You know, you're quite well known. Your brand is really well recognized around the area. And I know that you're kind of branching out a bit further than that um, as well. But when you first started, how much of your focus was on building the brand and how much of it was just going out to market and going, right, I just need to get some customers, direct response, and I need them right now? When I first started, it was basically just putting everything everywhere that I could think of and putting myself on Google Maps and putting myself in every local directory I could find and it was a complete mess, um, not knowing what would work and I had no idea what was branding and, and what was you know, lead generation and these are all things I, I learned as I got a little bit clever and I met a lot of interesting people that actually knew about marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I did when I started was I sat down and I thought if I was looking for me, how would I find me? Um, so I started with the basics of, you know, just Googling. If I wanted to find the best conveyancer, how would I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the very first, um, I guess, replies came from. So I found little things that annoyed me with trying to find that and I wanted to avoid um, certain things and I found popular Google websites that popped up and I thought, great, I need to be in that. Yeah. Um, I also had a look at different ads that were popping up and the kind of sizes of those companies. And mm-hmm. and if they were really large companies, I thought, well, I'm not in that competitive space yet. I haven't got the funding um, to compete with that. So I need to look at other things until I can grow my marketing a bit more. Um, and that's basically where I started. Yeah, right. And so um, were, you, were you going after a particular type of customer um, you know, like, did you have an ideal client who you wanted to target or was it just anybody who needs a conveyancer? I just want anyone. And I think that really, I didn't understand that in the start, um, that the web is massive and that trying to throw a huge blanket over the whole web um, is near impossible. And I don't think anyone can afford it because, you know, all your clicks and things like that become incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't want to just focus um, on a massive audience. But with conveyancing, people buy between the ages of 18 and 88. So mm-hmm. it was very hard to quantify my client. Um, so what I did was originally was I did start looking for key keywords and and clients that were looking for fast conveyancing, cheaper conveyancing. At this point, and I've definitely changed my marketing strategy over the years. I couldn't claim to be the most experienced because I was a new business. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't target my audience to people that were looking for the most experienced or the most largest firm or anything like that I had to look for, for key words that would actually suit who I was mm-hmm. um, and at the time that was fast innovative um, 
you know, looking for quick service, good service, um, but somebody that was local it was also a thing that I looked at. Um, I've expanded that since. Yeah. But it was definitely trying to target people that could relate to me. Yeah. Right. So even in those really early days when, as you say, you didn't really understand marketing, you knew that you had to find people who you could service with your particular set of skills or what it was that made your business a little bit different from everybody else's business. Definitely. And I think that is also one of the main things is knowing what your strengths are. Mm. So that that comes with your business, obviously, but it also is about your marketing. So when I decided that I wanted to set up Smart Coast, I'm not a web designer. Uh, I knew that I needed some tool that I could actually direct my clients to, but I didn't have the skills to create that. So I really had to surround myself with people that had those skills as well. You, you obviously have a budget and you have to set that and work within it. My website has grown considerably since I first started and I've upgraded it. But yeah. having those tools there and finding the key people that can assist you it was probably the biggest you know, thing for me in the beginning. Yeah, and I think that's really good advice too because we can all try and learn something. We can all kind of hack our way through it and bootstrap our way through it. But finding somebody and working with someone who's a professional – you know, or who's a specialist in that particular skill set, it's just going to accelerate your results so much more quickly because it would, the amount of time and the amount of money it would take you to fumble through and learn that compared to what a professional will just knock out really quickly and the cost will be kind of minimal when you look at what the benefits are going to be and allowing you to spend your time doing what you're really good at. So, yeah, I think – You've obviously done a lot of things right and, you know, whether that was by design or whether it just kind of happened that way or maybe it was just a little bit of business now, um, you obviously did quite a lot of things right at the beginning. And then, so you had so you had a really broad marketing strategy to start with. How did you kind of measure what was happening, measure your results and start to refine your marketing as you went along? I think there's a lot of initial learning. So I went through different types of media. So I started doing the Google ads that everybody talks about and realised I just wasted a ton of money because I had no idea how to read the results. <laughs> I had no idea what I was looking for. I was doing print advertising um, and you just end up seeing yourself and it's really exciting in the local paper, but you don't know if anybody's ever read it. Um, you yeah. see the odd person on the shop saying, I saw you out in the paper. It's amazing. Um, but that's about the only feedback you get. So that was, I think it was a learning curve at the time. Um, there's other things that you, I guess, now that I look at, um, and learning those skills is really important. So looking at your tracking, if you're doing ads, I started to look at that and what was getting traction, different times of the day that I was putting ads on. Um, I also started to put little, um, I guess, trackers on my website to see when traffic was coming through. I looked at Facebook as well, just knowing that they're, and I think it's a lot better now. I think mm. you can see a lot of those results coming through. I've learnt to read those a lot better now with some advice and help from my <laughs> team of professionals that I work with. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely something that you don't really get a good idea of early on, especially for your print marketing. Um, I think web's probably a lot easier. Um, mm. But even just the simple things, when people pick up the phone, and I guess it's a bit hard in, in retail sort of spaces, but for us... When people call us and ask for a quote or um, some information, I always make sure I just ask them where they heard about us. So then at least you can can manage that and see what's working. 
Yeah, okay. Um, so that's that's actually pretty sophisticated. You know, we, we talk to a lot of businesses who they run their advertising anecdotally, they think they know what's working, but they don't they don't even have any kind of tracking in place. So when you talk about putting things on your website so that you could track what was happening, sort of what have you got in place? Um, what sort of measurements do you look at? And then how do you make decisions based off that? Because data-driven marketing decisions are really important. Yeah, and I think for me, and this has happened to me recently, I was working with a company and and they so things like your click-through rate and your impressions and all those words which probably don't mean much to a lot of people, especially that are business-focused. They probably haven't spent a lot of time looking at it. You see it floating around all the time. But mm. I, I started to focus a little more on that and just saying, okay, yeah, well, everybody's seeing my ad but are they coming through and looking at that? And the, the click-through rate also then tells me if they're clicking through to my website but they're only spending a few seconds on it, that then tells me whether there's something failing on my website. So mm. is there something that's not attractive? Is the form too clunky? Is the form too long and people couldn't be bothered to respond to it? Mm-hmm. So if someone clicks on your form link but then they don't fill it out, I can then see a little bit of a, a lag there about getting the business through. So I, it, it does help me in a way of assisting what I need to improve in the certain segments of my process. Yeah, right. So do you have any sort of heat mapping software on your website? Um, I'm not going to pretend I know what all of that is. Ah, okay. um, <laughs> I know so- <laughs> I the basics and yeah. um, I so, so I look at all those reports. Um, in terms of setting it up, I don't do it myself. Yeah. Um, and I definitely am always open to any new ideas on, on how that can work. Yeah, cool. So, so hot tip, um, if you don't already, then install some heat mapping software and Hotjar is a really good one. That's the one that, that we use and recommend. And what it does, you know, your Google Analytics, for example, will give you information about how many people are visiting and how long they're spending there and how many pages they're consuming. A lot of really useful information. Heat mapping software actually records the user session and you can go back and you can watch it. You can watch them scroll. You can see where they click. You can see how far down the page they're scrolling. It's really, really useful information. It doesn't identify the person. So it's completely anonymous from the user's perspective. But as the website owner, you can actually... Um, view a screen recording of every session so you really start to understand which elements of your website are engaging people and which side of and which um, elements of your website are not engaging people and again that lets you make really good decisions about where you can make some improvements and changes and and start to get higher levels of engagement with your website so um, Jess and for anybody out there listening hot jar have a look at it uh, it's a terrific free bit of software. You can install it on your website and it will start to give you much clearer understanding of what people do when they're there. Um, so anyway, just look, that was just me going off, off on a tangent. Um, hey, it, yeah, Jess, you're going to say yes, something. And, oh, it's just amazing all these little things that you don't know are out there. Mm. So I started this marketing process um, w- with a company and they had this way of, recording the phone calls that came in so what it actually told me was when these people called I could then sit back and I could listen to the recordings and I could see if these were genuine leads and what I discovered was that my marketing was way too broad and for example someone might just put in conveyancer 
and it was picking up all these people that were looking for a specific conveyancer and they'd just get my number and click it and I ended up getting out of 10 phone calls eight of them was somebody ringing for a wrong number or and I realized that this generic blanket that I didn't know was happening could then be quantified by listening to these calls and it I just find it really interesting that there's so many tools out there that you can use because I obviously saved myself a lot of money by changing my marketing and not picking up the rubbish Mm. Um, and, and doing that and speaking to somebody that actually knows about these little tricks and and tools of the trade Mm. saving you a lot of money it's actually worth investing in a professional to be able to find out that information yeah a hundred percent there's an incredible amount of technology to to help you improve your marketing and you don't know what you don't know and so you know if you're not across what's available then yeah you, you could potentially be missing out on a lot of really useful information um so then what would you say to somebody who's just kicking off their marketing journey and they're like well you know i don't spend enough to to, to need to do all of that measurement. Um, you know, I haven't got enough people coming to my website to be able to need all of that measurement. What would you say to those people? Defining what you want to do um, and what direction your business is going in, that's probably the first step. So there's a few different things that you want to do with your marketing. So for me, it's great if I'm bringing in leads and they're converting over to files and that's making money. That's one thing. But the other thing that you want to be aware of is just your brand awareness. So there's certain things that I do, you know, running cinema ads, running TV ads, um, just genuinely putting out your brand there so that when people do need your business, you don't have to find them because they automatically think of you. You're the trusted brand. If somebody wants to buy a house, automatically they think now a smart coast because Mm. they feel like I, and I hopefully... I am a trusted brand, but um, that's, they automatically feel comfortable with that. Um, so I don't actually need to chase them up and have them Google me to find me because I'm already on the top of their thought. Yeah, and so again, nice segue, Jess, into into one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you, which is now that your business has changed, you're a bit further down the track, how much emphasis do you place on brand? And you've kind of answered part of that, as opposed to going out and chasing new clients, like with lead generation type ads. I have to be really careful myself because when things are a bit tighter and, you know, property markets with interest rates at the moment have steadied off quite a bit. So you have to be really careful to not put enough emphasis on brand awareness because when you're trying to save money, um, you, you instantly think, well, the brand awareness doesn't bring me in direct cash flow. So you tend to lean towards thinking it's not important um, so you want to scale that back so you can try and get this direct lead, direct lead so that you, you're making money. But the problem is that that kind of brand awareness actually provides the consistency that you need and mm. the constant flow of work that comes in that you don't have to chase. So I feel they're equally important. And, I, you know, I don't know the exact figures of what it is, but you need to see somebody's brand a certain amount of times. And I think it's, you know, like 26 times or something like that before it becomes implanted in your brain. Um, and they have to see it in various locations. So if you're not doing that and you're not consistently keeping that running, it, it defeats the purpose of doing it at all. 
Yeah, 100%. This, and oh, there's so much to say about that, what you just mentioned then. Um, branding, it, it is really important and you're right. That's what's going to ultimately get you market share. When you go out with offers and direct response, people forget about that the next day. Whereas when you're consistently in front of them and you're building your brand and you're imprinting it in the top of their mind, that's what ultimately gets you market share. And a lot of businesses do pull back on that stuff when times get tough. And so what happens is the businesses that don't, they gradually increase their share of the market. And when the market gets back again, and times are good and the market grows, now you've got an increased share of a bigger market. So that brand advertising, it's so important. And the really cool thing is, particularly when we're looking at the digital economy and the online platforms now, it's relatively inexpensive because you're not asking people to take an action. You just want to get your brand in front of them. So you're right. It's really important to keep doing that brand advertising. And it's not as expensive as people might think um, in order to do that. So I think that was something for me. I don't want people to think I came in with a pocket full of cash and I was splashing it around. Don't be afraid of making those phone calls and, and starting so like even TV advertising, when I first opened my business, I thought, wow, this is something that I would never be able to afford. But then when I actually met with the TV stations and, and had an ad created, it actually wasn't expensive. Um, you have to invest in it, but it was definitely affordable. And even just starting in small packages to get something out there. And there, there's a lot of options there. So not, not to be afraid of at least making some inquiries and seeing what you can do. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what are the challenges now as a small business owner trying to advertise, trying to market, you know, in the current environment and with, you know, marketing platforms being as fragmented as they are? What do you find is the biggest challenge right now? At the moment, it's definitely trying to pick the right media platforms to be able to connect with the audience. I've always got the struggle that my audience is so large, so I have to target some sort of strategy. Um, at the, I potentially might do a first home buyer drive. So when some sort of grant changes, I try and just direct to a certain market. Um, I might be looking at retirees and I, I just do small marketing campaigns. Um, mm -hmm. I test them out for two to three months and see where I get traction. Um, and I also look then at the results and focus and do a little bit more and invest more in where I'm getting the best results. Yeah, uh, I great. think it, for me it's definitely trying not to become overwhelmed and just continually throwing out lots and lots of different marketing. I try to target that and make sure I, I'm watching my results so that I'm just not <laughs> wasting money where it doesn't matter. Yeah. So is is there a strategy, um, because like this is a genuine concern for so many people, is just this overwhelm with the number of different platforms, with, um, you know, the newest, latest, shiny object, obviously TikTok, you know, is, is the newest one that everybody's talking about. How do you stay focused on the channels that work for you and not get distracted by the latest shiny thing? Um, because there's a ton, you know, you would have in your newsfeed as well, advertising agencies and marketing agencies promoting the newest and the latest. How do you stay focused on the channels that do work? 
I think it's really being true to yourself as well and not getting pushed in. And you need to have an expert. Um, I always connect with different people and I sort of go through those results and see what's working and what's not. And also being excited about new products. There's nothing wrong with going and seeing the new and shiny. Um, but what works for someone else might, might not work for you. So it's really staying on top of your results. And if you don't understand them, um, work with somebody, definitely invest the time in in looking at your results and making sure you continue with what works. Um, I, I tend to just um, give people a three-month opportunity and I've done this recently. I worked with a company and I wasn't happy with the results. Um, I don't sign up for anything more than three to four months um, and I make sure that everybody's accountable um, and I just be really tough on it. It is your business, it's your life. Um, and you just have to make sure that you expect results. And um, when, when you don't get them, you try something else. And when it works, you stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, it's your time and, yeah, it's your business. And it's your money. Like as a small business owner, we do not have an unlimited we, – we're not we don't have a McDonald's-sized marketing budget. You know, we've got to be, um, as you said, uh, accountable for what we're spending and the people who we work with need to be accountable as well. So – I think that's a really important thing for a lot of business owners. They tend to, they, they're really relieved when they hand over that marketing function to someone else. They think now I can just put my head down and get on with my work. But as the business owner, um, how much priority, I guess, do you put on staying on top of those numbers, those stats, even, even when you've got somebody looking after it for you? Yeah, I think it's hard when you're a, a sole business owner if you don't have a partner or you don't have staff. That's obviously difficult and you have to prioritise marketing. It is one of the biggest drivers of your business. And I'm lucky enough that I do have a team, but even for my leads, so I was finding I did outsource those for a little while to my staff and I had them following up some mm. of my leads and I wasn't getting the results I needed. So um, for the past six months I've actually picked those up because I obviously have a big passion for marketing and also yeah. driving business um, and I've actually found that I've doubled the results by doing it myself so what I've done is I've passed off some of the additional conveyancing work to my team and I've picked up the marketing myself even though I'm very good at conveyancing it's important now that that's my strength and, and doing the lead generation um, is really important so I've taken that over so to me, I feel like that shows that marketing is equally as important as the service I offer in my business. Yeah, 100%. And I just want to go back and kind of reiterate that for, for anybody listening. Um, the, the way that you've managed your leads inside of your business, right? So it's not about generating more leads. It's not about spending more money on advertising. The way that you're managing your leads inside your business means for the same marketing activities you've now, you've now like almost doubled your conversion rate because you're making sure that your leads are properly looked after and followed up. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, correct. That's so awesome. I find there's lots of different reasons why people will pick you. So, but for me, I offer a service that's 24 seven. I offer a, a service that is um, high quality. It's competitively priced and all those things that I know I'm really passionate about and there's a reason why we are above the rest. So I need my clients to know that. But whilst yeah. my staff are really happy where they work, they don't live and breathe how passionate I am about my own business. And the only person that's good enough to tell my clients that is me. <laughs> so I feel like it, it that's where the benefit comes. 
I absolutely fucking love that, Jess, because you're you're so right. Nobody is ever going to be as invested in your business as you are. You've got to be the spokesperson. You've got to be the one who's out there with the passion and with the drive to take those people and turn them into customers. And so frequently, and this drives me crazy, we see businesses, whether you know we're doing it or another agency's doing it or they're doing it themselves, they invest so much time and so much money in lead generation. And then those leads just, they don't get serviced. You know, they we hear, oh, we ring our leads every Friday or we ring our leads, you know, once a week. I'm like, are you kidding? They're sitting there. If they've made an inquiry with your business, they've made an inquiry with someone else's business too. And by the time you ring them a week later, it's too late, you know? So uh, it's great to hear that you've taken the, the lead on that and the responsibility for that because as the business owner, absolutely 100% we are responsible for driving leads and sales in our business until you're kind of at that size where you've got a whole sales team, you know, and even then you need to kind of be on top of it. So um, I love hearing that. My team was also struggling with wanting to keep up with the work and providing the great service that we provide. And yeah. so when a lead would come in, they would be busy working on the files and they think we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Whereas when I see it, I call my leads back within under an hour. So all of my leads get an instant response on email and they get mm-hmm. a follow-up call within an hour. Some of my my leads get a call within five minutes. Um, but I make sure that my KPI for myself is that I call my clients within the hour and doing that and showing my clients that we're always there and we're going to be reliable instantly puts them on the good foot and they they want to work with us. Yeah, so for anybody listening, I hope you're paying attention to that. Um, Jess has a KPI for herself to ring her leads back within an hour, not within seven days, you know, not, not a week, within an hour. And there is a ton of data around, um, I think HubSpot did a survey which shows businesses that ring their leads or their inquiries within an hour have something like a 50% higher conversion rate than businesses that wait 24 hours. So only one day, right? And you and your conversion rate drops off 50% compared to people who ring within the hour. So that is so important. Like leads are the lifeblood of any business. If you haven't got regular new customers coming into your business, then you're not growing. Um, and if you're generating those leads and you're not following them up, then you just you you're burning cash. You're taking money and you're lighting it on fire because you've paid to get those leads. So that's awesome. Um, hey Jess, what's the future look like for Smart Coast Conveyancing and and its marketing and advertising and growth? Well, I'm actually looking for a new strategy because I'm very excited about all of this happening. Um, I attended a business chamber meeting recently in uh, Foster Tunkari where I am and uh, noticed some really amazing new innovation with AI, which I'm super excited about. So Mm. I'm hoping that that will come into play. I'm not going to pretend I know much about it. Um, But I got really excited about that. So if anyone's interested in uh, something new and fun, AI is very, very exciting. Um, so I'm hoping to bring some new things in and, um, and look at ways of driving new business as well. Um, online is, I guess, where I focus. Um, and that's purely because I cover conveyancing all throughout New South Wales. Um, so it's, it's a lot easier to contact a wide market over a big area online than it is in any other media. Yeah, Um, definitely. But yeah, I'm definitely looking for some new ideas and, and new ways to track and improve our website. Um, and I've also found that doing a lot more uh, media stuff, I'm looking at, um, I'll, I'll be running some ads 
uh, uh, through the block, always trying to target mm, my awesome. EVAs in areas that uh, really reflect the business we use. So hopefully people will see that popping up and um, lots of fun and growth for the new year, I'm hoping. Yeah, that's, um, that's really exciting. Hey, I'm conscious of our time. If you could give one tip to somebody who's kind of either not just getting started in business necessarily, but maybe launching a new offer or launching a new marketing campaign, um, what would it be? Be fearless, be brave, ask the right questions. Um, None of us know what we're doing most of the time. So I feel like just surround yourself with good people and it never hurts to ask some questions and just go for it. Do something new and exciting. Yeah, I love it. Um, hey, Jessica Gray from Smart Coast Conveyancing, if people want to follow you and check out your socials, where do they find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Smart Coast Conveyancing. And uh, look, I'm, I'm try to post regularly, but um, that's my main point of call. And you can always jump onto our website, smartcoastconveyancing.com.au. Awesome. Jess, it's been fabulous talking to you. Thanks very much for your time. Um, and thanks for joining us on the Marketing Mashup. Thanks for having me, Simon. It's been amazing. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a single episode. If you're ready to really level up your marketing and explode your leads and sales, reach out for a chat with one of our kick-ass marketing professionals. Find us at orbitmarketing.com.au, themarketingmashup.com.au, Instagram at orbit underscore marketing, Facebook at orbitmarketingoz, that's orbitmarketingoz, Also YouTube, LinkedIn, and now on TikTok.